Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com All right. I don't, well, I don't see, I don't well, see do another live feed of cannabis legalization news my name is tom i'm a cannabis lawyer and if i don't tell google to shut up very quickly a new song will be starting hey google shut up and with me hey hey. what's going on man i'll write it and And if i don't tell google to shut up very quickly all good we're in an infinite loop i like that there we well, go. Yeah, we, uh, we immediately went to an infinite loop. So a big week in uh, cannabis legalization news between February 13th and February 20th, except for Illinois. Uh, Illinois still has a shell bill in SB7, so I'm not sure where that is. And Illinois has still not opened their um, vault, for, per se, for accepting hemp applications. But other than that, how are things going over in your neck of the woods, Miggy? Well... Uh, we're still pending home grow. Uh, Friday is going to be the um, the deadline for, you know, I really hate fucking politics and the fucking way the legislation and all that shit goes. You know, it's it's easier to put a guy behind bars than it is to fucking make it so we cannot be behind bars. So right now it's still pending in the uh, Gaming and Commerce Committee, mm-hmm. which we don't see them pushing it any further because Washingtonians care more about puppy mills than they do fucking civil rights. So, um, but be honest. I mean, like, there is a large percentage of population that really cares more about dogs than they do people. That's true. I mean, I I do too, but (laughs) (laughs) no, man. But anyway, yeah, I'm one of the people that actually believes you should care more about people than dogs. But you know, I'm weird. I uh, (laughs) I don't eat meat. Yeah. Oh, right on. Hey, uh, did you hear about Wisconsin? Uh, I've heard from Wisconsin. Wisconsin has predated Illinois when it comes to hemp uh, growth and also processing, but uh, which is strange that Wisconsin is trailing Illinois when it comes to medical cannabis and uh, adult use cannabis. I do vaguely recall something out of the state, but why don't you bring us uh, to speed on that? Well, the Wisconsin governor, Tony Evers, is actually making plans for recreational surprise surprise it's like he looked across well actually you can look up in wisconsin because they have the up so it's wisconsin it kind of looks like a mitten not too dissimilar from uh uh uh, michigan but uh wisconsin also has that uh, other piece of michigan up there the up but uh, so full adult use huh 
Yeah, and, and, and the funny thing is, there's a, a memo that came out from one of the representatives, Joe. So I'm going to kill his fucking last name, San Felipe. Oh, yeah, you do that. The Wisconsiners often have, like, some very uh, strange last names. I don't even understand what uh, ethnic group this would be coming from. San Felipe, I mean, he's a white guy. But uh, it's funny, though. In his, in his statement, he points out, one of the, uh, um, the funny things he points out is, are you familiar with uh, the WHO organization? The WHO organization or the what organization? <laughs> you know the WHO. Uh, the rock band from Britain. Yeah, the World Health Organization. Oh, the World Health Organization. I always refer to it as like the WHO. I never call it the WHO. Ah, I'm lazy. But uh, they, it's funny. He, in his letter, he, he says, who further identifies long-term risk of marijuana use? But they just fucking announced uh, they're asking for reclassifying marijuana under international treaties. Now, it doesn't sound like an organization that's anti-marijuana to me. No, it doesn't. But uh, it's probably just because it's easier to buy off the uh, people outside of the United States. And also, uh, marijuana uh, le- legislation was exported into uh, the global trade, I think, back a- after the Marijuana Tax Stamp Act, but before the Controlled Substances Act. I can't remember what it was, but I think it was 1960 or something like that when they actually had the uh, current global laws and they're they're fairly draconian so it makes sense that they want to uh, drop marijuana from that that global framework but uh you know since when has america ever listened to the world yeah yeah i just think it's funny that this this representative rep because he's this is an anti so the whole point is he's an anti uh it, it's kind of sad this guy sits on the medical marijuana board for wisconsin but he's anti-recreational really and he's pointing out all these uh, bad stats. You know, the WHO organization, you know, these are things that happened like years ago. He's referencing the American Medical Association, which I believe they are on board with uh, medical marijuana right now. Uh, that one I'm not certain on, but I do know that back in 1937, uh, the American Medical Association tried quite hard to keep marijuana from being uh, criminalized in the first place. And there was actually a lie that was told by future Supreme Court Chief Justice, at least future in 1937, he became the Chief Justice uh, thereafter. His name escapes me. I'll put the link to the video that I did on Munch. No, Munch was his his, uh, official government expert. But um, yeah, they had to actually lie that the AMA was uh, in favor of the marijuana prohibition through the tax stamp act in the 30s to get it to pass. Yeah, I, I just, you know, these reefer madness douchebags just, just kill me with their bad references to to continue bad policy. Right. Well, you know, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, they people are scared of anything, literally anything. It, it's just mind boggling, though, you know, to to think uh, someone's standing against marijuana and there's they're trying to do it to save me, whatever, to pr- protect me. But well, the we, whole we need to protect you from yourself. Like, like I said, you know, this is a very Midwestern thing. Please regulate me. Otherwise, I will behave terribly, terribly. Uh, however, it's not, it's not all bad news. There is uh, some good news for cannabis out of uh, Walmart in Arizona, where uh, Walmart fired an employee with a medical marijuana card. And it looks like they have gotten a favorable ruling in that uh, that case, and that where that's where it comes to making sure that you check your state's laws, considering if uh, your marijuana card 
protects you from discrimination for wrongful termination, where it looks as if this Walmart employee who tested positive for urine metabolites because they last there forever. Oh, cool. It was, it was actually reported in the law 360. Uh, sometimes I get those. But uh, the, the cool thing is, it looks like there is, some of the states have written their laws in such a way to give the medical marijuana cardholders protections. And now this case out of Arizona appears to give those more validity. Uh, and I, I haven't looked up. It says a federal judge. So now you have a federal judge holding up something against uh, a Walmart. And, uh, mm. you know, that's that's really cool because you, you have some fairly conflicting aspects then of the federal law because you have uh, a controlled substance. You know, it's, it ha I mean, sure, uh, the Department of Justice has been defunded because it is a medical card, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that you uh, are not committing these federal crimes. And so that you can be committing federal crimes and still uh, have some risk, if you are the... The employee could be committing federal crimes and the employer has some risk against discriminating against them for that. That is really good news out of Arizona. No, that's fucking outstanding. I just wonder if they will be able to uh, retrograde some. Uh, there was a, a case of uh, in Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, Joseph Casillas in 2013 got fired, tried to fight it while Michigan's a medical state and he lost. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 accurate. But um, they have because whenever you go into the federal government or the federal forums, like, you know, bankruptcy, for example, uh, if you are a cannabis business owner or you have any type of uh, cash flow that arises from the cannabis sales, not necessarily as periphery, uh, which may still be legal, like if you're just selling the, the vapes before they have any resin or anything in them. That would be all right. But as soon as you're you're actually using the uh, cultivation or the, the processing or the sale of uh, cannabis in and of itself, uh, not hemp, the hemp businesses now can declare bankruptcy. And maybe maybe that would be how I would uh, counsel the, uh, the the client that is having some financial problems. Be like, well, it looks like, you know, the numbers aren't matching up. Bad luck. Uh, why don't you consider trying some hemp? Uh, for and like say you're pivoting and you're not going to use your cannabis uh, license anymore and I'm just going to grow hemp because then in 90 days you can file for bankruptcy uh, as that would be lawful but if you file for bankruptcy just processing uh, cannabis then you're asking the bankruptcy trustee to actually commit the crime with you and so no. they don't touch it but now with with that stuff out of Arizona no, it's outstanding. Yeah. Um, and what do you think of your take on uh, New York? At the same time that the governor is trying to uh, do recreational, you have restaurants pulling CBD fucking infusions. What the fuck's up with that? Wait, the the restaurants are pulling CBD what? Infusions. So the restaurants in New York have been ahead of the game when it comes to uh, the CBD, uh, I guess, lifestyle. You know, it should be your option, right? If I want extra vitamin C with my fucking orange juice or whatever the fuck it oh, is. Oh, crap. Is that going to be like the next Smoothie King or like Juice yeah. Bar? Or, exactly. uh, oh, wow. So they're going to be CBD bars. It could be your new fucking, like your, uh, yeah, your ginkgo, your ginseng, all your fucking. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, that, that's cool. Cause like now when I talk to these clients about uh, their CBD businesses and whatnot because of the farm bill and then the legalized versions of hemp that we have, it, it does turn into this type of stuff where they're, they're saying, well, 
you know, you're no longer really this ultra regulated schedule one substance. Now you're almost like your ginkgos or your herbal supplements that are just not regulated at all. You know? Yeah. No, it's, you know, to me, I think THC, we've been having this, uh, misconception of THC, the psychoactive part, you know, people hear the word psychoactive and think they're a fucking medical doctor. You know, they, they just Google some shit. Now it's psychoactive. You can't fucking have that. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm I already more... feel smarter just because you're saying the word psychoactive. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. or tetrahydrochlor or whatever. Yeah. Go for that. Right. I, I'm not going to join it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just unfortunate that there's been misconception about THC um, only or, you know, there's a whole spectrum of the plant that's being missed as far as like THC, terpenes, and the CBD combination. That itself is a cocktail that makes you feel how you feel, you know. But uh, I think we're being yeah. misguided on that whole fucking yeah, premise. You know, I, I just saw something come across our desk, and I'm not sure if there's any comments going on yet. Nope. Cool. Uh, if anybody has one, they can leave it in the comments. Anyway, uh, New York City is considering a ban on pre-employment marijuana drug testing. What a deal. I mean, how many times do I get a, have to field a call from somebody uh, out there that's wondering if when it does finally go legal, are I still going to have to pass these drug tests? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you, you still can't show up drunk to work. I mean, the problem hmm. is with these tests is that it's testing for a metabolite that could have been there, but it could have been weeks ago. I mean, like it has no bearing on it. Well, and that's the biggest debate, right? Like, how do you improve intoxication? And then that's not... That's even a bad word, too, because you're not really intoxicated. The word high, I mean, we need a better word, but regardless, you know, it's just like the Kamala like Harris the, thing. I like how Jimi Hendrix called it experienced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, if you have the experience, uh, are you are you being experienced? Um, yeah, right, yeah. But the question is, uh, how do you prove uh, that that's the cause? You know, there's always got to be this bad guy. There's always got to How are we doing it now is more of the question. Mm-hmm. Well, now, I mean, that uh, the the P, the P metabolite, the one that was just in that Walmart case that we were talking about earlier uh, from Arizona has it's a terrible test in the sense that it is a testing positive for something that has no correlation to you having no intoxication or no inebriation, no psychoactivity that's in your brain. You've just been using uh, you, you've tested positive for a metabolite of that, which could have been there for weeks and so now you have to get a new type of test for determining whether it was a contributing factor, which, you know, great. I'm, I'm well, glad that we, I mean, this is, this is 2019. I can't believe that we have to think that this is going to be so difficult for us. Uh, I, and then when do you, when does it come up? I mean, that's, that's the other thing. Well, on the drug test conversation, you know, uh, we always forget that drug tests prove that the employer is unable to identify who is a drug user or not by performance. Mm-hmm. So why are we, you know, inter- judging people on their daily lives opposed to just letting them commit the work? If an accident happens or something happens at that day, that person will get tested. And then even with cannabis, it's not cause and effect. Like you said, the metabolites stay in your body mm-hmm. for a while. But, you know, if someone's physically, you know, seriously stoned, dabbed out, whatever you want to call it, I think the person, the the employer can make a judgment call right there probably, but there's no blood test. There's no real. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, 
<laughs> right after you got done smoking. All right? You know, it's like if I was going to sit there and pound seven shots of whiskey and then try to go back to work, you know, I know that I just pounded seven shots of whiskey. And so if you just did the most crazy dab joint Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson, you know, somebody's playing bongos over there session hard for like 15 minutes and like you're walking out back to your your job and the employer's like, what the heck, man? That's one thing. But when you test for a metabolite because it's not toxic two weeks later, when you just happen to be flagged for a randomized piss test, why does that mean that you get to lose your work? Exactly. And it just shows a failing in our system. Mm-hmm. And the way that some of these marijuana laws, the medical ones especially, uh, because the way that they're written, they are protecting patients, which is really great uh, that they do have this protection from being discriminated against arbitrarily because two, two weeks later they, they tested positive because of pee, as opposed to that situation where, I mean, it, the Walmart would not have been in the wrong, in my opinion at all, is if like the employee was like, I'm going on break. Right. And they go out back and they just bust out all the blunts and the dabs and and then they go back to work and they catch them doing that. It's like, no, that was a flagrant uh, recreational use of cannabis immediately going into work. That is against our policy. You're fired. Totally. I mean, mean, something blatant. And it's kind of like with our home grow law that we're trying to get act. It's going to be a. Enforce policy when shit happens, not when ahead of time. Like we're we're in this preventative maintenance society, and when it comes to cannabis, we cannot do that. There's no such thing as a uh, uh, a zombie apocalypse that you're trying to prevent from a fucking an outbreak of just consumers. You know. Yeah, it appears if anything, it's the opposite is true. Like you know, when this stuff's actually present, uh, fatalities tend to go down. People tend to drink less. That was one of the uh, you know. Big shares that I saw going around in social media and the article is actually from about a year ago. But uh, it, when there's medical or adult use marijuana in a state, the uh, alcohol consumption actually falls by about 10 percent in that state, uh, which, you know, it was from Forbes. I'm not sure if they just have a pro legalization bent or if this is replicable actual science. It's just interesting that the, a lot of the, the harms and the problems that they're trying, that they so clo- so-called claim that these criminalizations are based on just, just are bullshit. And then not only that, you introduce this into the effect and other harms tend to go down as well. So, like, why are we not allowing it? Yeah, I mean, just, just recently uh, there was a study that just showed that states of medical use uh, that have medical, there's a lower teen use rate. I mean, that's... right. Well, I mean, again, as soon as you have how much of marijuana use was the uh, forbidden fruit aspect of it? I mean, the forbidden fruit as a, a parable or as a story goes so far back in our human being that it goes back to like Genesis and the Bible and like thousands of years ago. And so because you've taken away that forbidden fruit aspect of cannabis and made it just granddad's cough syrup, teens don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you take the taboo out of it. Uh, it's like the preacher-daughter syndrome. You know, uh, you try your, your best to, uh, to covet somebody and protect them, and next thing you know, you got girls gone wild on your hand. Just say. Or, or uh, yeah, they would have that, or like the priest and, and his little 
children. And you're like, wait, you guys are covering what? What? I mean, like it's it's that whole forbidden aspect of it. But back to better news. Uh, what about the Safe Banking Act actually passing? McConnell has introduced it again. And one of the one of the uh, cannabis industry lawyer or like one of these things that I need to absolutely sit down and do is go through all the bills that are currently pending and fed in the federal you know, uh, bodies and then say, there's this one, there's that one, there's this one, like HR 420 I did. It was great. Mm-hmm. This, I've done one on the SAFE Act. And you see a lot of the ways that these bills, they're introduced. They don't go anywhere. Congress reconvenes in two years. You introduce the same bill. It's like, I'm sponsoring this bill. You've been sponsoring that bill since 1987, Phil. You're not going to just get it passed, but like they keep, they keep bringing it up. And so the Safe Banking Act would, eh, it's it's like one of those fixes to your house where you probably should like hire somebody, but you just say that you're going to do it yourself. Okay. Yeah. So is it not going to create an infrastructure? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that it doesn't necessarily fix the problem. It just kind of like the defunding with um, uh, the medical marijuana and the Department of Justice. It just kind of says banks can loan to these ones provided they're following state law. And so right. it's just another exception to the rule. It's not rechanging the rule and just dropping uh, cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act. So it is just as unregulated as the herbal remedies that are in everybody's pantries in their kitchens, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's funny, too. Another thing that's coming about, did you see the, the, the bill that Trump signed? Uh, and I think that was a safe banking act where he made a note because um, they want to divert funds from the drug war. To the wall. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. The Safe Banking Act hasn't passed yet, but uh, I don't know why, you know, he, okay, because what Trump's, okay, so he signed something that moved some money around. And I think yeah. it was like 1.3 billion. And that's fine. I'm glad that they're defunding because that's what Congress really is there to do is to set all the monies. And then he, do, he declared an emergency before he had omelets. And uh, that is when he can start moving his uh, federal dollars that he controls pursuant to emergency funds. That gets into some weeds that I am not that kind of constitutional lawyer because, like, they just do not have work outside of uh, Washington, D.C. These types of things don't really come up outside of that. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And then, So that bill he signed was a, it was a medical bill. A, a medical bill. It was a... Uh... Trump issues a signing a statement on medical marijuana provision of funding bill. So, you know, diverting the funds to help build as well. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, between building a wall and arresting a guy for a joint, build a wall. Go for it, man. I don't really care. Uh, yeah. you know, why, are, why are we going to enforce one stupid law when another stupid law won't work either? And, and you, can, you can give a guy who needs to build a wall a job, right? You know, it just that's just the business, the, the the biggest shit show. But you know, let's just keep it the weed. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. You know, I haven't brought this up yet. Uh, that was market week. But uh, the big news, I guess, in legalization is uh, cannabis was on the cover of Barron's magazine, and they went on to talk about the marijuana stocks. I just posted a uh, small video on this, and so the the long and the short of it is. Barron's is one of the financial magazines that's out there. They're owned by the Dow Jones Corporation. And so uh, it's the Wall Street Journal's weekly magazine, for lack of a better term. And so uh, about once a year, Barron's does a cannabis cover story. And last year is about 420. And this year it's called American Weed, the race to build uh, your 
you know, next Budweiser of cannabis, but in America. And so the cannabis stocks that you can currently trade, they aren't American, they're Canadian, and they're only sold in Canada. And so that's why you can trade like Tilray and uh, Canopy Brands or something like that. Uh, I would have to look at it. But then they go through all of the uh, the United States ones from like Acreage Holdings to Green Thumb Industries to what is that other one? MedMen and all that. And they explain from all the money that they've already raised and then how many insiders currently own all the stock. And like a lot of these companies, they're all like insiders that own them. So first off, they can't get listed on the stock exchange. So they're going to be yeah. privately held companies for a while until until this thing changes. So like, you know, could the last thing that really goes to break the back of legalization be some type of, you know, buying out of uh, the stock exchanges? So like, you know, they they can't list, they can't go public. And so once they really, really want to go public, that's going to take some time because like, you know, why would you, why would you open the gate before you've um, rigged the game? It's, it's business mm -hmm. after all. And so these, uh, these companies are trying to establish themselves in all of the states. And then once like you know, two thirds of the way there, then why wouldn't you petition or really lobby for descheduling? Because I mean, if and that's that's the thing that these 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 business guys are smart. So once they realize that it is descheduling that you need to do, well, when do you do it? You know, if you just kind of keep it there, you can't have anybody go public. And so it's all going to be private. It's all going to be Uber and that kind of shit until mm. it's too late. I mean, it's pretty sweet. And so uh, uh, the Barron's magazine, I, I recommend picking up this one at least or check the uh, the Cliffsnose version on the uh, the review that I did uh, last night. No, that's interesting. So, so pretty much all the money's locked into big money, like right. So, like it basically bit. means there's going to be a bubble when these guys when they rig the game and they they have everybody. And it's not rigging the game; it's like setting the table. I mean, you don't have rigging the game implies something crooked. It's not; it's just business. And hmm. so, like once you've got it set up so that you're you're ready to turn on the switch and be in business in two-thirds of the population of the United States, the other states can catch up, you know. Once that's ready, you know, then you would uh, lean on the Congress to deschedule uh, cannabis so that you can list and go IPO, but that's just going to create, like, a huge bubble. It, just like every other bubble. I mean, you have something where nobody can get in, and then the founders, the controllers, the insiders make a lot of money, but once that lockup of those shareholders expires after they've been public, you're going to have a huge drop. Uh, and so it's going to be really, really cool. It's going to give everybody a chance to buy after a lot of them have already failed. So it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating stuff, but we are, we're a few years out from that. I think. I don't know, man. I, I think corporate, you know, a lot of people bitch and moan and are scared of corporate cannabis, but I honestly think that's, what's going to help edge legalization through. Like you're saying, once, these cats got their positioning in and um, uh, their money's right. You know, I mean, goddamn Boehner, you know, he's, all these people who are career that's politicians. Boehner is acreage. Yeah. I mean, you have people that know the system and that's part of the problem. Uh, a normal person. It's business. I mean, it, it, just because 
we can't be so naive to believe that uh, you can take a business that's in the black market and put it into a regulated market. And there's not going to be somebody there that wants to take advantage of that because they understand how business works. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that there's gambling going on in this casino. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally feel you on that. I mean, mm-hmm. and, I, and I understand it's business, but it's uh, it's business mixed with politics, right? I mean, right. you have to understand how to run these bills through or right. who to pay off. You know, right. I mean, did you notice uh, during that banking bill, uh, AOC, you know, uh, she came out, I guess, right before that, she was doing a bill for homelessness. And she walked out and saw all these homeless people holding spots for right. all these lobbyists. And right. that was for the cannabis banking bill. Really? All these homeless guys were waiting in line for the can- for four lobbyists of the cannabis banking bill. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, what was I? Uh, I couldn't understand the name of the person. AOC, you said? Yeah, Alexandria, long ass name. Oh, the new the new superstar of uh oh uh, the new Democrat with the uh, the the socialist from New York. Yeah, Alexandria Cosia Cortez. Gesundheit. <laughs> but I'd like to say AOC. Right, right, AOC, AOC. <laughs> I'm Tom. You don't have like a, a name with the land? No, my last name's Howard. Jesus. Well, that's how she's referenced to in all the media, and I just kind of got used to it now at this point. Yeah, well, you know, she's good at branding. I'm glad that she's good at branding. That's that's cool. But um, <laughs> you know, politics, it's nice to see somebody like that come in and just stand up to all the people that are established and blow hard and, and all that. And and then, uh, I don't know, man, I can think back to how mature I was 10 years ago and just the the idealism of somebody less than 30 and, and their, their ability to appreciate uh, – larger trends is is somewhat diminished. I mean, I understand why uh, the, the Constitution kind of like said, well, we should wait until they're 35 because, you know. <laughs> but even still, back then, the lifespan was not very long. No. And so that then the 35-year-old uh, lifespan before you could be considered to be president is even like more shocking. What would that be today? Like, is that yeah. like 56? You know, what the fuck? Yeah, you're seasoned now. You, you, you've had experiences. Right, right, you know, you've struck out a few times. You've, you've had some failures, had some successes. You, you got a little hurt, you know. You, you're, yeah. You've been around the block. But, you yeah. know, the thing is, I mean, you need people like her that will refresh and, and invigorate people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. And I think that's really what she's doing. But, um, you know, hell, we're, we're sitting here talking about her. So uh, she's really good at getting the spotlight. Yeah, well, I just think it's a matter of time before she gets burned out by the system itself. Well, you know, when, when you she, that. I mean, like Aaron Shock is from where I'm from, and that guy was just just straight grifting. And so, like, he was the not not at this level. I mean, like, he came in like in 2009 or so. But you know, it's just he was also quite young. He was like 28 when he came in, and uh, he made some uh, less than smart decisions. Right on. That's what Indicted. it is. He's, yeah. <laughs> right. So there's going to be a symposium on Wednesday in Philadelphia. About what? About the war on drugs. Okay, so they're going to suppose nothing on that? or uh... <laughs> I'm just uh, talking about the latest post of Weed News. Mm-hmm. So the University of Pennsylvania Journal of Law and Public Affairs will convene a collaborative discussion on February 20th to explore the impact of the war on drugs. Awesome. Well... well I mean, I've, I've kind of like gone through my list of uh, the news for the week. Do you uh, have anything else for the good of the order? Um, we're still fighting for home. Uh, come Friday, if the bill doesn't go through, it's going to be stagnant until 
2020. And then I'll come back active in the same committee that installed that to right now. Uh-huh. Um, I'm also working on an article right now on Facebook. There's a uh, local media company here, Respect My Region. Okay. They, uh, they had their Facebook ad account pulled for being what cannabis. Were you trying to advertise? So they never advertise any cannabis products. They're, uh, they're a bunch of young kids. They promote musicians, um, events, you know, stuff like that, but never anything cannabis type. And uh, but because their website has a no learn about cannabis section, they got their shit pulled. That's weird, man. That's weird. But um, yeah, that's one of the deals where you know what will happen because, like my my Facebook uh, cannabis Facebook page that I made when I wrote that book so many years ago, and then just that's why I got so big. But Facebook has changed so much uh, in that time, and they've kind of like capped me on. Uh, like I can't have like a group attached to my Facebook page, which kind of sucks. I'm like, Hey, these groups are really big right now. And I'm like, all right, I should make one for this, this large page and then put people there. And then we can have discussions about, uh, cannabis legalization. Yeah. But I can't, I can't make a group, but you know, it's just, that's just Facebook playing by Facebook's rules. And even if it was legalized, we'd still have to play by their rules. It is a private organization. It is not the government's. Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting that now we live in a time where the the forum, the streets, the the public square, it's not public no more. Yeah, well, even that, yeah, that platform, in correspondence that I'll be sharing in this article, they even acknowledge because they don't have a big account. Because mm-hmm. uh, he, he had, in a, in a conversation, he's like, well, why are you taking my ad account away, but not High Times or uh, there's a local magazine here, the Seattle Stranger. It's a big uh, local rag. But, um, you know, they have a cannabis section and they have cannabis events. Uh, but they it just seems like a, a very hypocrisy going on on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 literally my way or the highway because it is their way. I mean, we are we're talking to you on Google. And so we aren't on, you know, the NASA's system. We're on Google yeah. system. And then I can download this and put it onto Facebook system. I mean, the, the public square isn't public no more. And I guess back hmm. in the day, the public square wasn't necessarily public either. Like the, the, the taverns and whatnots were all privately owned. But, you know, there was still some type of I mean, and we can still have public discourse. It's just that we have to follow their rules and they make them up. I mean, and I guess we've always kind of been following bullshit, stupid rules. Right. Like think about. Um, Back when they did actually have public squares, the uh, the Salem witch trials from like back in four, what was it, 1612 or something. I just think it's sounding ironic. Did you know when Facebook first started, their uh, character limit was 420? No, but, you know, it's it was a different time back then. Uh, data was a lot more expensive. Well, I just think it was a tech geek sense of humor. Yeah, I miss those tech geeks, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, other than that, I had yeah. nothing. <laughs> All right, cool, dude. Well, uh, I you know have a great week and uh, keep paying attention to what's going on in legalization. Write some more articles, and we'll talk about the developments in a week's time. Power of the universe. Yep. See you next time. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. <laughs>